Good morning. Let's pray. Our God, our Father, Jesus, we love you. Lord, there are people who are gathered in this room who are here for you, to truly worship you regardless of anything else that goes on or anything that we may or may not have expected or planned or even the the word that I've studied, regardless of, Lord, we're here to worship You. We honor You this morning, Lord. Ask You to be glorified in this place. Lord, we are Yours. There are people in this room and people who will be listening over the internet who truly love you, who truly worship and adore you. So Lord, minister to us. Lord, teach us. Lord, we're human. We've made mistakes. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We've done things that we should not have done. We've had thoughts that don't line up with your thoughts. Nevertheless, Lord, you love us. So Lord, right where each of us are right now, meet us, Lord. Minister to us, Lord. Father, have your way in this place this morning. Again, regardless of what we expected, regardless of where different people are in different places, minister to us this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So I don't mean to be uh, all somber and... Because I know how you guys like it when I'm spitting and spewing and you know cutting backflips up here, and I'm not going to guarantee any of that. We're just going to let the Lord have His way. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Second Kings. This is where we'll start anyway, and we'll let the Lord lead. In Second Kings chapter five, in, in Second Kings chapter five, we uh, many of us have been in this word before, and we know the story of Naaman, or it's actually Naaman is the proper pronunciation of that word. It's his name is Naaman or Naaman, you know. But anyway, he was the captain of the Syrian army. And the Lord said, the Lord used him to deliver Syria, not necessarily from Israel, but from their enemies. And he was a mighty man. He was, a, he was uh, the, the word describes him as uh, a man of valor. He's uh, a, a, a strong uh, leader in that army. But he had leprosy. The Bible is not clear, and I, I haven't really studied enough history or even t- had uh, endeavored to look up and see whether the leprosy was, I'm thinking more than likely, it was something that was developed after uh, he was already um, you know, highly regarded and highly decorated in the army of uh, the Syrians. Um, but he had leprosy. 
Now, uh, there was a young Israeli girl who uh, was the uh, servant of Naaman's wife or Naaman's wife. And uh, she was an Israeli. I guess, you know, as they make incursions into Israel, they conquer and they pillage and they plunder. And she was uh, uh, taken captive at one point. Now, this little um, Israeli girl, she said, it's too bad that my master doesn't know. He needs to get a hold of God. He needs to get a hold of Elijah, this man of God, this prophet of God. That's who she meant. He needs to get a hold because he would be healed. And so it's mentioned to him. And he takes it to his king, the king of Syria. And the king of Syria says, okay, I'm going to write you this letter. We're going to go. And you go ahead and you take it to the king of Israel and, and, and see what happens. So now we know what happens. What happens is he does go into the land of Israel. He takes it to the king. And the king starts to tear his clothes. The king thinks he's being set up. How in the world am I going to heal this man? See, this king doesn't know God like, like the prophet, like Elisha. And so the king is tearing his clothes and thinks that he's being set up. He's trying to find some uh, reason to attack us. So when I don't heal him, this is going to be the thing. I'm getting set up here. And so Elijah sends word to the king and says, Listen, why are you tearing your clothes? Send them to me. And so that he'll know that there is a God in Israel. Amen? Amen. Send them to me. And so we know what happens. But you guys know the rest of the story, as it were. So he does go and see. And when he goes, he's told to go ahead and bathe in the Jordan seven times. Now, Elijah doesn't even go out to meet him. Elijah sends a servant to go and meet him. And so he goes, name it, hey, there are better rivers in Damascus, in my hometown, my home, where I'm at, it's better. Why did I have to come down here and, and bathe in this Jordan? And I thought he would at least come out and address me himself. So he's ready to give up. He's ready to walk away, go home, forget about it. But then one of his servants says, Listen, if he would have told you to do a great thing, something hard to do, you would have done it. This easy thing, just give it a try. This is Tony language, of course. Give it a try. What do you got to lose? So he does it. And he's healed. And he's very, he's touched by God. Amen? And he goes back and he does visit. And this time he does actually speak with Elijah. Now that's all in... You know, we basically have just covered for the most part um, chapter 5 verses 1 through approximately 17. We're going to break it down a little bit verse by verse. Because there are some things here that are especially... I'm going to just say especially for Tony. Let's see if it applies to anybody else. Amen? Okay, so right now we're going to go to uh, 8. Five, eight. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. See, Naaman did not go to see Elijah. Right? He went to the authority. as He had the authority over him, but he went to the authority in Israel. He doesn't know about the prophet. Now, let me, let me break this down just a little bit for you too. For me, when, whenever we, we see the prophets and we see these, these things broken down, especially in the Old Testament, you know, that represents the Word of God. Remember, these were the mouthpieces of God. They had the, at this time, they, we know that they did have at least the, uh, the, the books of the law, right? That was already, 
you know, that, that was already there. The books of the law already existed. At least the first five books already existed. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We know that that already existed. But then God was speaking to his people through the prophets. So now Elisha represents, to me, the word of God. He's the mouthpiece of God. Amen? So he represents the word of God. So Naaman, he, or Naaman, so forgive me if I'm going to go back and forth with that because I, I like to pronounce it properly, but then I know, you know. Anyway, so, so Naaman goes and he's going to see the authority and as he goes to see the authority, which is the right thing to do, it's right, it's proper, we take the proper steps, we do the proper thing, we honor the authority, we honor, but that authority is godless. That king doesn't know God. He's tearing his clothes. He's thinking about, you know, this is all a big setup. This is, he's thinking the worst. He's thinking there's an ulterior motive here. There's something else. Putting put much more into it than actually needed to be. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you that Tony has suffered that in his life. Is there anyone else out there that has suffered that a time or two where we're applying something that doesn't have to... Don't overthink it. Amen? Amen? So the first thing the king is, he's overthinking it. If the man truly was going to see him and to be healed, the least the king should have did was say, Hey, I know a guy. (laughs) I got a guy. You know, you need a healing from God, you need a touch from God, I know a guy. Amen. No, he's thinking the worst, he's tearing his clothes, this is bad. Whoa, 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 this is bad. Don't think the worst. Amen. Don't think the worst. Something's going on, get a hold of God. If you can't get a hold of God, call somebody. Hey, could you link up with me? Can you pray? Young people, you get, you're in a tough situation, you know, you talk to your mom, dad. If your mom and dad aren't serving the Lord at this time, call Pastor Tory Beth. Reach out to Pastor Tony, Pastor Michelle. Reach out. You know you can get a hold of God. God will hear you when you call on His name. But if you just need somebody to link up with, man, don't, don't link up with just anybody. Link up with somebody who you know, who you know is, can get a hold of God with you who you know loves you, loves God. Get a hold of the right people. Amen? So that's what he does. He, he, you know, thank God that Elijah heard this news and Elijah said, hey, we'll go here in verse 11. Naaman became furious and went out his way. Why? Because after he goes all that way, he visits the king, he's let down. Now he goes all that way to see Elijah and Elijah doesn't even show up. In verse 11. Naaman became furious and went out away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God. His God. See what he's saying? Surely he would have came out to me. See, there was this expectation that he had. My brothers and sisters, so many times and so long that I've been a Christian, I apply these expectations. And so many times we've applied expectations. And then when those expectations aren't met, we're disappointed. And we blame God. Isn't that the case? Has that ever happened to anybody? Yes, I had this expectation based on maybe some things that I've heard even from the pulpit. I had this expectation based on something that I've read, somebody else's experience. And so I had this expectation. And and after all, in, in, in the case of Naaman, he was... 
He was someone, yes, he, he had leprosy, but he was also a celebrated soldier, a leader in the army, and the Lord had used him. It says specifically in the Bible, the Lord used him to, to, to deliver Syria. So he, he, he's just, man, he at least expected the respect, the dignity. Now, I want to stay here for a minute. I want to push on this just a little bit. Because we're hearing so much in our culture and, and, and in, in the world that we live in about you know, political correctness and blah, 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 blah. Here's a case right here where he expected something. He expected Elisha to be politically correct. The least that he could have done was come out and see me. Man, it's awfully quiet in here. There's this expectation because of who I am Come on. What they told me I deserve, what other people told me about me, come on. Now, the least he could have did was come out and call upon the name of his God, wave his hand over the place, and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and become clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. He went away, he turned and went away in a rage. See, that this is a specific thing that the Bible is telling us. The Word of God is being very specific with us now. He turned and went away, but it wasn't just disappointment. He was furious. He was furious. Why was he so furious? Well, obviously because of everything that he said just before that. He had this expectation. His expectation was based on his own pride. His expectation was based on his pride and his ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance. Unawareness. I'm giving you, sin and, you know, things that are synonymous with ignorance. Unawareness. Inexperience. Unfam- unfamiliarity. Lack of information. Lack of knowledge. Incomprehension. Lack of enlightenment. I want the, you know, hang on to those last couple. You know, uncomprehension. You, you're not able to comprehend. I heard it but I don't fully understand it. Lack of enlightenment. You know, uh, the lights are on, but nobody's home. I mean, I got it up in here, and it's, it's there, but I'm not really, it's not really sinking in. I don't really follow it. It doesn't really track with me. Am I doing it justice here? Are, are you following me? Okay? But, but look at what we're reminded of in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It's your lack of knowledge. But now listen, it's, it's this knowledge, but truly knowledge, being aware of it, not being ignorant of it, but this, it's the ignorance that will destroy you. Second Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Look at the couple of the words there. Look at the words in that... Oh, do we, oh, thank God. Look, look. Knowledge has shown. Shine out of darkness, shown. See, do you see the references here? To light and knowledge. To be enlightened. To be able to really recognize something. And how do we receive this light and this knowledge? In the face of Jesus Christ. So that means when I see Jesus face to face, then I'm going to have knowledge. No. Yes, I will know in full. The Bible does say to us very specifically, for now we know in part, 
we prophesy in part, but then face to face, when I see him face to face, I'm not going to have to ask him any questions. When I see him, it says, when I see him, I will be like him. When I see him face to face, there won't be any more questions. I'll know. But right now, I look at Jesus, the person of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. I see the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I see Revelation. The Reve- what is the Revelation? The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? I, I, I can look at those five books and I know Jesus. Amen? Amen? I look at those five books. So now that's what this is saying to us. We have knowledge. We have enlightenment. If we just read those five books, we'd have knowledge and enlightenment enough to know. Are you with me? Come on. Jesus said it Himself. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So it was the reasoning of His servant, Him being Naaman. It was the reasoning of His, of his servant who said, you know, hey, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? But what was the servant trying to get Naaman to do? Naaman. Obey the word of the Lord. Right? Remember, to me, and I'm not going far away with this, you guys know what I'm talking about here. Elisha represents the word of God. The word of God said, go and dip in the Jordan seven times. And so the servant now is saying to his master, go and do it. You don't have anything to lose. Follow God. Follow the instruction that God gave you. Are you with me? Is that tracking with anybody right now? See, I don't know what God's will is for my life, Pastor Tony. If God would just speak to me, I will know exactly what to do. He did. He spoke to you. And, and, and listen, I, I don't know where we're going. I, I, I don't know if anybody's mentioned anything. We have the book on the, on the counter in the back now. Uh, we finished up our study on Wednesdays of Revelation. And what we're going to do is start, we have, uh, I, I think it says, help me out, Christine. What's up? Questions for the pastor? Something like this. What's up with that? Questions for the pastor. And we'll, we'll explore those questions and then those become our studies on Wednesdays. If there's nothing in there right now, I really believe that the Lord is leading me into prayer in First John. The love of the Father and how that relates to Him answering our prayer. But understand, my brothers and sisters, as we're breaking that out, as we're rolling that out, as we start to unpack that, I think it starts to unpack right here. Because I want to know what God's will is for my life. If Jesus was standing in front of me, I would, man, I would know exactly what I was supposed to do and I would do it. Okay, those people that walked with him for three and a half years, before they got baptized with the Holy Ghost, they still didn't know what was going on. They still couldn't do it. They wanted to do it, but they still couldn't do it. My brothers and sisters, we have a distinct advantage. We read the story after it's already happened. We're looking at it from the perspective of a risen Savior, of a risen Lord. One who said, hey, you, I'm going to die for your sins. I'm going to die. I'm going to have to pay for your sins. I'm going to go in that grave, but I'm going to rise again. We look back and we, say, we see the, we, we, we have this perspective that they didn't have. And then even when He rose from the dead... What did Jesus say to Peter? See, I wasn't going planning on all this. What did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, I phileo you. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, feed. Every time there was a response, if you love me, you'll do this. If you love me, there's something you must do. Oh, Tony, it's not about work. See, now you're making, you're qualifying. No, but I love him and love requires a commitment. Love is a commitment. 
Love means that I love Jesus so that whatever He is asking me to do, I'm going to do. Okay, but that's what I'm saying to him. I don't know what He wants me to do. Read and pray. I can tell you some of the things that you're doing He doesn't want you to do. Uh-oh. See, you knew I was going to have to go there, didn't you? Put down the phones. Stop writing that garbage and stop looking at all that garbage. Yep, I had to go there and I will continue to go there until some of you start listening. It's crushing your prayer life. It's crushing your walk with God. You spend more time doing that than you do in prayer. How are you supposed to hear God if you're looking at that and you're so concerned? I, I, you know, I don't care. Listen, I... I'm glad I'm not on Facebook. I'm glad I don't have that dinging and ringing and all that. First of all, I don't care who you're with. I don't care what you're eating. I don't, you don't have to report everything in your whole stinking life. How about a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ? How about what the Lord is doing in your life? How about the fellowship that you're having with God? How about, listen, the enlightenment that you're receiving in the face of Christ? Where's the face of Christ? Right here. Read your Bible. Listen, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Revelation. You want to see the face of Christ? Start there. Start there. And listen, when you pray, you're praying to a real entity, not some, some phantasm, not some you know, uh, a good luck charm or anything like that. This is a person. This is a person who is all-powerful. This is a person who loves you beyond your imagination. I know you've had many people in your life tell you that they love you and they don't always treat you like you, quote-unquote, deserve to be treated or what you think you should be treated like. Or people have let you down that said that they've loved you. People have lied to you that said that they loved you. Jesus loves you. He won't lie to you. He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you. He's already proven that. Well, I don't know. Yes, you do know. He got up on that cross. He didn't have to do it, but He did it for you. If you were the only one that was ever going to believe in Him, He still would have did it. That's how much He loves you. That's how He values you. How do I value Him? I want to see His face. I want this enlightenment that He brings to me. I don't want to listen to every form of doctrine, every new wave, every this, every that. I want to know what the truth is, and I want it settled, and I want to live my life according to that. Why? Because in the end, it's still going to be truth. All of this other stuff is going to come and go, but that will always be. Amen? So now, he, it's, it's this, this thing that we see, that this, this trust and this obedience, this is really what, that's all that this is about. It's about, you know, you've got a word from God, Naaman. You, you want that leprosy gone. You've got a word from God. God says, go and do this. Well, I ain't doing it. Why? That, that's not as good as what I, I have back home. That's not as good. I've, I heard the stories about that Jordan. Or I know about the Jordan. Or, you know, these people are lesser than us anyway. Or this or that or the other thing. I heard this. I saw that. People in my, my people are better. My water is better. My rivers are better. But, what? You, are, are, is that tracking with you? See, see, what is it that you're believing from the past? What is it that you're letting influence how you think now? What is it that you're... Listen, what is it that you're letting squash the light or dim the light? Is it something, some phony baloney stuff from the past? Is it some tra- family tradition? Is it some, well, my people do this or my people don't do that or so on and so forth? Are you with me? No, this is the Word of God coming to... Naaman. 
No, you want to be clean? Here's what you do. It's about trust. Okay. That doesn't sound right. The water's dirty. It's not as good as what I have at home. It's not what, have I, what I have experienced. It's not what I expected. There's no pomp. There's no circumstance. There's nothing. There's no, there's no homage paid. I don't get to pay and he don't get to pay. What's up with this? Like that? I'm going to do that? And seven times? Just do it. But see, it's about trust and obedience. You got the word, so now do it. Trust and obey. That's the definition of faith. Definition of faith is, see, we're living in a time and we're living in a place where, you know, people talk very loosely about this faith thing. Oh, I believe. Okay, awesome, you believe. Right? You believe. That means you, you trust in, you rely upon, you adhere to. That's what that means. I believe, I believe God. Okay, so that means when he says something, that's it, no questions asked, you do it. Amen. That's, what, that's, that's what believing is. Believing is, he said it, that's it. Now, now, I'm not saying to you or to anyone else in this room or even to myself that, you know what, you know, th- there's some times where you know, I may waver. I mean, I, there's some things that God asks me to do that are pretty hard to do. And I'm so glad I've got my granddaughters helping me. It's awesome stuff. Somebody is hearing the Word of God. So, so listen to me. It's not, about, it's not about, you know, always being comfortable with what God has told me to do. In fact, most of the time, it's going to be uncomfortable. If it was easy and if it was comfortable, then there would be no faith involved. I wouldn't have to trust Him. It's trust and, and, and follow and, and be obedient. And that's, that's how we show our love to God. God, I trust you. I trust you are my Father in Heaven, my Dad who has what's best for me. I trust that, you know, I can't see the end from the beginning, but you can. And you have a plan for me, so I'm going to go ahead and walk according to what you told me because I trust you. That's faith. Not this phony baloney stuff. Not this phony... Steve, come here for a minute. Okay, yeah, I, I want a healing, Pastor. Give me a word. Be healed in the... Na- no. You, you know what I'm saying? For too long, we've seen stuff like that. Oh, I've got, I knew, when I was in uh, Carolina, I, there was a, f- a, a friend, an associate, we were building that project, and there was a guy, his mother was sick, and he couldn't wait to find the next, I'm not going to mention it, well, yes I am. He couldn't wait to find the next Benny Hand thing, he's going to take his mama over there and get healed. And I'm thinking, and I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings, I'm thinking, what, what, but, but wait, Benny Hinn? I mean, if you go to Pastor Lorraine, go to, go to our church. I know there's a handful of people that have faith and they're not going to make a mockery or show of it. They're not looking to cash in on it. They're not trying to be famous. They're trying to glorify God. They have a heart for people. They really want to see your mother healed without any cameras, without any money, without anything, just having faith. Find that. Well, I have faith. Well, listen, if he had faith, where was the faith? In Benny Hinn. I'm going to, on his faith. No, listen. I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not Benny Hinn. Now listen, I'm not saying that there's not an anointing that some people have. And I will tell you, the Bible says if there's any sick among you, bring them to the elders of the church. Right? Let them anoint them with all. Pray the prayer of faith that their sin will be forgiven and they'll recover. Say that in a word? Yes, absolutely. 
Have I ever got, gone down? Yeah, when my son was, uh, you've heard the story, when my son had that, uh, that hip, I was being my, me and my wife, we did what we knew. He was born with a deformed hip. We carried him to the elders of the church. They prayed a prayer. They anointed him with oil. And we had faith. I wasn't believing in uh, that preacher or those people. I, me and my wife truly were believing God, but we did what God told us to do. God told us, bring him to the elders of the church. Let him pray the prayer of faith. Let him anoint them with oil. And I said, Lord, if this baby is damaged because of my sin, please forgive me. You know what? And it took me all these years to find out. Not your sin, not his sin, so that I can be glorified. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So someday, son, you're going to be up there preaching, and you're going to get to tell that story. And I've told it so many times, I'm wearing it out. (laughs) But to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Obedience. What is your faith in? What are you trusting in? Yes, if you're sick and you want to come up here and pray, we've got the oil here. We're going to pray. But we're going to pray because we're linking up and we're putting our trust and our faith in God. Not in Tony. Tony's nobody. Tony is just his servant. Tony is just his minister. Tony is just an, an anointed preacher. Amen! Tony's an elder of his church, but we have other elders and pillars in this congregation who when we bind our faith together, God will move. Why? Because we're believing and we're trusting in Him. We're being obedient to what He said to do. But see, there's so many times, and I I don't want to wear you young people out, but you know what? There's so many times when you're praying for this one or you're praying for that or you're praying for the other thing. It doesn't happen. It's not right. It don't... Well, are you praying... In faith, and what is your faith in? And what are you praying for? See, uh, well, I'm praying that uh, my boyfriend don't break up with me. I'm praying. No, I'm not trying to be funny. Listen to me. I'm praying that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm praying that my mother gets healed. I'm praying that my father. Uh, whatever the prayer is. But, but make sure that whatever you're praying, that whatever you're praying, that you're praying according to this relationship that you have with God. Right? Right? But what are you praying for? What, what, what are you trusting Him for? And, and come on. And is it truly, are you truly trusting Him? Are, are you trusting Him? Is your faith in Him? Are you being obedient to Him? See, trust and obedience. Trust and obedience. We can say we have faith and we can scream from the mountaintop and brag about our faith. But the faith is not real unless it's shown in how you trust and obey. So, Naaman, back to Naaman. Naaman says, okay, I got nothing to lose. He, lives, he goes back and he dips himself seven times. Seven times. What would have happened if he would have stopped at three? No. See, look, look. This is this is the way I am. I'm gonna. I'm just tell you. This is the way I am. Okay. I'm dipping. I'm dipping. I'm looking. This is say was I'm. I'm looking. It still looks the same. It ain't working. Don't you look at me that way? Because you would do the same thing. You're checking. Is it going away? Is it working? Is it working? Is it working? See, I can imagine that this man, remember, this man doesn't know God. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the law. He doesn't have the experience that the Israelis have. So he's dipping. And as he's dipping, he's looking, he's checking. Is it working? Listen, have you prayed about anything? 
Is it taking a long time? Huh? So now, as it's taking a while, as it's, are you getting discouraged? Come on, be honest with yourself. Are you getting discouraged? Because it's taking a long time. I'm praying. See, now look. He could have said, just go down in the Jordan and dip. Go get cleaned in the Jordan. This done. No, seven times. Seven's the number of completion, by the way. See, there's this process that God is working out in your life and in my life. It's going to be different for different people. Some people, I've seen people healed instantaneously. I've seen people, and you, many of you can make the same claim, I've seen people delivered from drugs, uh, nicotine, instantly. And I've seen others, it took, it took a while. A lot of prayer, some time, I've seen it go both ways. God was in both of them. I don't know why God would let one be healed instantaneously and one not. I don't know. But I have to trust Him because He does know. And I don't. I cannot sit, stand here as a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being a minister for all of these years, which again, I told you this Easter will be 20 years Michelle and I are, uh, have, have started this church. 20 years. It's a long time. And I look pretty young to be doing this. <laughs> Yeah. But think about that. Think about that. Yeah, even though I'm, you know, you, you're doing it, but, but you see this, this it, it takes time, and, and, you know, but I don't know what God has planned. There's, there's different, there's a process that works on me that doesn't work for you, because remember, God has the end in mind. It's not this right now, it's the end that he has in mind. And see, Tony, maybe, Tony has to learn a different way so that it sticks. Because if, if God was just going to pop it on me, maybe I would just go ahead. Okay, that's the way it's done. And you know, I'm going to you know, float like a butterfly through life. Okay, Lord, everything's good. Everything's gravy. Blah, blah, blah. No, sometimes it, it's the hard knocks and bumps that Tony has to get. Tony's a little bit stubborn. Hey! Tony might be a little bit hard-headed. So Tony, sometimes it takes a little bit more prodding, a little kicking, a little bit stuff. It, it's going to take a little more. Michelle is a little bit more, um, I don't know, what's the word? Compliant, a little bit more mellow, a little bit more nice. (laughs) So Michelle, maybe God deals with Michelle differently. But the end is the same. Are you with me? The end is the same. God is going to deal differently with different people. Man, so now watch. I can't dip three times and take a peek and say it's not working. I'm just going to give up. Okay, it ain't working. I still see it, but guess what? Number one, I'm going to stop looking. I'm just going to trust that when I come out of this water the seventh time, it's going to be gone. Why? Because God said do that. Right? And I know that's how everybody in this room except me feels. No, you know, are you there? Come on, let's, let's be real. And that's why th- this thing tracks with us today. N- many of us in this room have heard this story so many times. But apply it today. How many of you have been pl- praying for your kids for a long time? Right? And still praying. And not seeing the result that you want. Are you, see, you can't, don't, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. God promised you something. You just keep praying. You keep believing. You keep trusting. You You just keep on doing it. You know, whatever whatever it is 
been that you've been praying? Young people, maybe you've not been praying as long as some of us have been praying about a certain thing. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean, that doesn't demean it in any way. It's just, your prayer is just as important, whatever it is that you're praying for, as long as it's, you know, not, I hope this, this girl doesn't break up with me or whatever the case, you know what I'm saying. I'm trying not to be silly, but, but serious. You know what? Maybe you're a young person and you're a little bit confused. Or maybe you're a young person, listen, and you truly are praying for your parents or you're somebody in your family who's sick and you hate to see your family members sick. Or whatever the case may be, there's someone in your family or you have a friend who you want, you know, you know that they're not saved and you're praying for them to be saved. It's a dear friend. It's somebody that you've known for a while and you know that they're not living for the Lord and you don't want them to, to go to hell. And so you're praying for them, but you don't see any change. Keep praying. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Don't be discouraged. Don't base it on seeing that scale still on your... That, that scale, that, that thing is still there. I've been praying. It's still there. In verse five, uh, 15. When he did according... This is, verse 14 says that he, he did exactly. He went up and he, he did exactly what he, the man of God... He did according to what the man of God said. Translation, what God told him to do, he did. He did it, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. Verse 15 now, that was my fault. Verse 15, and he returned to the man of God. He returned to Elijah and all of his aides and came and stood before him, Elijah, and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. What's he saying? Tony language. There's only one God. And that's the one that you're serving. That's this God of Israel. He truly is God. He truly is God. I did what His Word said, and He took care of it. Just like He said. Amen? Amen. So, listen, so God gets to glory. But here's what I like. He returned to the man of God. Now, remember, when He left the man of God, what was His condition? He had leprosy, obviously, but remember, He was furious. He was furious. He did not come out here to talk to me. He didn't wave anything. He didn't do the Benny Hinn thing. He didn't do anything like that. He didn't pop me and say, come out! He didn't do anything like that. Right? He didn't put on a show. But what what he did was he told me what to do. He was furious about it. And, And so now, no pomp, no circumstances. Now all of a sudden, this man, in front of his aides, he stood before Elisha. See, Humility. See, the man who left and who was so furious because of pride and lack of knowledge now knows something, you see. And now he's coming back in humility. See, my brothers and sisters, a lot of times we don't get what we pray is because we're not humble. We think we deserve it. I went to church three times in the last month. No, I'm not trying to be funny. Some people do that. They check the box. And because I've checked the box, you know, when I pray, God should hear me and answer. It doesn't work that way. No. Do you have a relationship with God? Is He truly your Father? Did you, hey, listen, did you repent? And, and, and is He your Father? Are you praying according to what He would have you to pray? All of those things that we covered just a moment ago. Come on. But you see, because this man obeyed God, he humbled himself in front of all of his aides. I, I think the Bible was very specific in saying that. Uh, thank you, Mary, for keeping up. He and all his aides. He did that in front of all of his people. 
Did you see that? He wasn't worried now. Oh man, this guy is glorifying the God of our enemies, the God of the Israelites. He didn't worry about any of that. And he made a pronunciation. He pronounced that there is no other God. This God is God. There is no other God. He's saying that in front of people that can very well go back to that king and tell that king, hey, this is what he did, this is what he said. But he didn't care. Come on. This God is God. And he tried to show his appreciation, right? He tried to give uh, all of those goods, all of the money and all of the clothes and all of the things that he brought down with him. He tried to give those to Elisha as a gift to show his appreciation. Elijah wouldn't accept it. Come on, man. I I read in the scripture, you know, in in New Testament, Paul just says that the, you know, the labor's worth his wages, talking about paying preachers and stuff. As long as we're on that side. No, I'm kidding. But think about that. No. This is a man of God. And he didn't want there to be anything associated with, you know, you could pay God and get what you want. You pay God and that's how you receive. You pay, and you, can, you pay God and you can have indulgences. You can pay God and He'll make things right. God does not need your protection money. He owns all of it. Nah. God wants your heart. God loves you and He wants you to love Him. That's it. That's what this is all about. Amen? So He doesn't... You know, no, I don't need... Nothing. Nothing. No. No. I'm not doing that for pay. God is not doing that. God did that and you, you already paid Him. Naaman already paid him. You know how he already paid him? Amen. There is no other God except this God. He glorified God with his voice and he glorified God in front of all of those people. He humbled himself in front of all of those people and he glorified God with his lips. He praised God with his lips. That's what God, that's the payment right there. Because it came from his heart. Amen? All right. So in verse 17. So Naaman said, then if not, you're not, if you're not going to take these goods and these things that I've brought for you, if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth. So now look what he's saying. He's identifying himself as a servant of the man of God. He said, now let your servant uh, take two mule, mule loads of earth, uh, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, look, let me take some of this earth with me back into my land. See, his land used to be better. Remember that? The rivers were better, the land, it's it's better over there. It's better. Now, I need some of this. Why? Because the God who occupies this land is God. I'm bringing some of that land back with me. And now some people surmise that he was going to build an altar using that earth. Could be. Maybe not. Maybe it was just that he was going to have that place. That place was going to be his altar. Whether he actually burned anything on it or not, he was going to have that place where he knew there was something tangible. Something that connected him with Jesus who is already in existence, the precarnate Jesus in heaven. Are you with me? Your God is God. The God of this land is the true and living God. There is no other God. So, I want to stay connected with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, and you, see me and you, we don't have to go to Israel and grab some earth and bring it to our houses or put it in our backyard so that we can stay connected. The connection's been made. Right? Jesus has connected us back to God, period, forever. Case closed. Amen. Faith. 
So what are you trusting? What are you obeying? Are, are, are you there? Is it tracking? Let me remind you of James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You want the Lord to bless you. You want the Lord to hear your prayers. You want the Lord to go ahead and... My brothers and sisters, I'm going to go here first. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. See, there's 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 this thing that the Holy Spirit through James is telling us. I'm going to say it this way. Repent. Listen. Realize that the things that you're doing aren't pleasing to God. And repent. Go to the altar. Here, there, anywhere. Go to the altar. Lord, I'm recognizing the stuff that's coming out of my mouth. Some of these thoughts that I'm having, they're not lined up with you. These things are not pleasing to you. In fact, they're very displeasing to you. So Lord, I'm confessing them to you now. I want to lay them aside. And so, and then look, then, then the, the, this process. Receive with meekness. You see the key there? Receive with meekness. You've got to be humble. Well, that word, Tony, I, I can believe this, but I can't believe that. Yes. What? Or, you know, I, there's some of that, I, but I'm just not going to do this. I'll love my enemy. I can't do that. No, you can't, but with Jesus you can. And by the way, He expects you to do it. Right? Come on, man, oh man. Come on. You should see some of your faces right now. Man, I'm telling you. Listen, listen. Listen, this is true. This is, this is real. We can say we have faith and we can say we love God all we want to, but the proof is in the pudding. Are we laying down all of this filthiness and this? Are we doing that? And then are we having, listen, when he says the implanted word, he's talking about that word in King David in 119, thy word have I hidden in my heart. Come on. He's saying, get that word in your heart. Don't just get it in your head. Just don't recite it. Just don't memorize it so that you can get it back and go into the kids' church and get a toy. Don't just do that so you can impress Pastor Tory. Don't do that. Impressing me is not going to make a difference. Impressing her is not going to make a difference. What has to happen is that word has to be implanted in your heart. But, remember the order. The word cannot be implanted in your heart according to what I'm reading here. But you have to come to this realization. What's the realization, Tony? Well, he's told us that these things that are displeasing to God, I've got to lay them down. I've got to repent. Listen, you've heard me say this many times, and and so I don't want you to, you know, don't worry about the don't do's. This sounds like it's contradicting that. When I say this, am I contradicting that? No. The answer is no. What, what this is saying is you have, listen, you have to determine in your mind and in your heart, listen, that your way is wrong. That regardless of how smart you think you are, and regardless about how good you think you are, especially when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, which is what we do as human beings, you're comparing yourself to somebody else, and you're thinking, well, I'm not bad. So now, I want to receive this implanted word, I want to receive this word in my heart. 
I want this, what, what, let, me, let me read it. Uh, I want to receive with meekness the implanted word. See, that word meekness you could throw out the window because if you think that you're okay with God and you don't have to repent, you're smart, you're better, you've got no problems, then my brothers and sisters, you can't receive that implanted word. You can't receive that down. Are you, is this making sense to anybody? Or, or, see, so I've got to put away all that stuff. I've got to be humble and I've got to realize that, you know what, I stink on ice. I stink on ice. I need you, God, and I need your word on the inside of me to change me. But you see what it says to be a doer. Once you have that word, it's implanted in your heart. Now you can do it. See, don't be just a hearer, and then you deceive yourself. But I'll look at the. Let me ask y'all something. Why do you look in the mirror? And some of y'all are like, "Why do you look in the mirror?" No, just, just kidding. Why? Don't look at me like that. Why do you look in the mirror? It's not a trick question. See if you got anything on your face. Yeah, I mean, you're looking, you're seeing the condition, right? Aren't you looking in the mirror to see your own condition? Why was that? Why is that hard? It, it, why are you? Listen, pay attention. No, you, some of you are off. Did I lose you? I, I ask you a silly question, and it's like it, it's this is it's easy, right? You look in the mirror. Why? You're trying to check yourself out. You know, I, a couple of Christmases ago, was it a couple of Christmas? I bought Michelle to vanity or whatever. Man, this thing's got mirrors, man. I'm telling you, she could sit down. I try to make it where she's comfortable, and she could do her makeup and all that stuff that she does. And don't you know, all, all that stuff y'all ladies do. And she's got that. Then I got this other mirror where it actually magnifies things. And I, so, man, it's almost, I wish I didn't do it. Man, there's a gray hair. <sighs> but, but think about that. Think about that. And I'm not, tr- listen, I'm not criticizing Michelle. I thank God that she takes care of herself. All right? I don't, even without makeup, she's good. But she, she feels better wearing a little makeup. As long as she don't look like no Tammy Faye, I'm all right. <laughs> listen. Listen to me. So she, she's looking in the mirror, and as she's doing that, she's seeing what she needs to work on, what she would like to fix or change. Are, are, are you with me? Okay. How many of you ladies looked in a mirror this morning? How many of you men looked in a mirror this morning? I looked in a mirror when I got here. I looked in a mirror. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> okay, think about this. Okay, when you looked in the mirror, the purpose was to see what you looked like. Right? I looked in the mirror when, before I walked in here, made sure my zipper was up, made sure, you know, try to make sure the microphone, I mean, try to make sure nothing's hanging over. Right? Come on. Shh. Come, listen, stay with me, please. Stay with me. Young people, stay with me. You look in the mirror to see what needs to be corrected or fixed. You want to make sure that you're presenting yourself as good as you can. Come on. Come on. And when you look in the mirror and something's not quite right, you fix it. Right? Okay. So now, let's, that, that's why this, the Holy Spirit is using these, this term. See what he's saying? See, the Word, someone who doesn't do what the Word says is like someone who looks in the mirror and really, for no real intent, just doesn't take it. They just looked in the mirror just for the heck of it. Because, you know, I could have, like I always used to tell you, I could have that alfalfa sprout sticking up in the back. You know, and if I, it's like I see that or I got, you know, Michelle would maybe have, you know, mascara hanging down her face or something and just, oh, wow, 
I look like uh, I've cried for a, a river, but then just come in here and it's not, it'll be distracting as all get out, won't it? But see, the fact of the matter, she, it's like, that's what it's saying. If you're, if you're a hearer, but you're not a doer, it's like looking in the mirror, seeing something, and really not taking, doing anything about it. Well, why'd you look in the mirror in the first place? Why, why did you look in the mirror in the first place? If you weren't going to do anything about it, who cares? Don't look. Are, are, are you there? See, now, I'm not saying, okay, Tony, well, you've convinced me. I'm not going to read the Bible anymore. Really? Really? And you have to see the face of Jesus. And when I'm looking at this word and it's coming back at me, you know what, Tony? You're supposed to love um, those and pray for those who use and abuse you. Those people who are talking bad about you. You should be praying for them. Tony? You know, Tony, those people who you know get up in front of you and they're playing you, which happens to me all the time. These people are tugging on your heartstrings. They're trying to get away with something. You know, pray for them. Don't know. You know, come on now. Whatever your thing is, if you know that some, this word is, is, is knowledge and it's bringing you light, it's telling you things, Right? Also in Psalm 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I do want to know how I should be living this life, how I should be proceeding with God, the plan that He has for me, what He has in store for me. His plan is the best. I don't want to sell short for what seems right to me. My lesson, remember, Mom limited, He's unlimited. Come on. So I do want to know what that word says. And then once I know what that word says, I need to react to it. I need to be obedient to it. I need to have faith and trust. See, I want to have faith and I want to trust God for the big things. I want to be able to pray for my children and and my grandchildren and and your children and and have them be saved. I want to pray when someone gets sick. I want to go ahead and be one of the elders of the church that's praying the prayer of faith and then have them recover. I want want to have that kind of faith. I want to have the kind of faith that, you know, demons are, when, when I'm approaching, they know that there's Jesus here. There's something here. Jesus is here. I, I want to have that kind of faith, that kind of link with Jesus, right? But it's only showing when I'm obedient and I trust in that word that he's given me. I can't turn the faith on and off. I can't say that I have that kind of faith, but then not be willing to go ahead and take it on the chin for Jesus. Come on. Are, are you with me? Man, why does this seem like it's so hard? Why, 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 listen, don't, just hang with me just a little bit longer, because this is where we've been in the last few weeks. Just give me five more minutes, five more minutes. In Revelation 22, we finished Revelation, I also used some of this last week, I think, or the week before in the sermon, can't remember the running together. But just listen to me when I, when I tell you, in Revelation 22, beginning in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. So remember, this is the revelation of Jesus. So I've given my angel I've given you this message to testify in the churches. It's not for the unsaved people. This is for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, born of a man, the bright and morning star, but I'm divine. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who has ears say, come. So, so what does that mean? 
So he's saying the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit and the Bride. Who's the Bride? Us. We're saying, come. We're, we're calling to those people who are outside, come. We're calling to Him, come. And let Him who has ears say, come. Spiritually, we were able to discern. We can hear His Word. We're, we're able to discern His Word. Come. And let Him who thirsts, come. Come. Who, him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. The things that God has for us, He's made them free in Christ Jesus. You go to Jesus. And all of these things, all of these blessings that you're looking for, this life path, it's there in Jesus. Amen? But I want to point out to you, remember what he said before that. I'm sorry, after that. Please forgive me. After that. For I testify to everyone who hears the words, the words of this prophecy of this book, Revelation. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book, this, of this prophecy, God shall take away this part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in the book. My brothers and sisters, what are we believing? What are we trusting? Very simply and succinctly. The revelation of Jesus, the word of God. We trust in it. Don't trust in someone's version of it. Don't trust in... You read it. You pray about it. You listen. You get confirmation by the Holy Spirit and it'll bear witness with your spirit. If you're looking for the truth, you will find it. But you've got to be looking. Are you, are you even looking? Are you looking? He says he's the bright and morning star. He's going to bless you. And you want, aren't we, don't we want to be blessed? Do you, is there anyone in here that, besides me that wants to be blessed? I want the true blessing of the Lord. He says he's the bright and morning star. And all those who fear him, he will bless. He's the truth. He's the way. I'm going. That's where I'm going. I want to trust in him. I want to believe him. Listen, I want to have faith in him. How do I do that? How do I show that I truly have faith in him? Trust him and believe him. Just do what he says. Amen? Very basic. Very basic. Isn't that very basic? Rudimentary. But look at Naaman. Someone who didn't even have any idea of the Hebrew God. He turns around and he obeys and God blesses him. Why? Just because he obeyed. And God, listen, God knew that Naaman would glorify him. What will happen with your blessing? What will happen with your blessing? Are you looking for a blessing so that you can glorify God? Hmm. Think about that. What blessing are you looking for? And if you got it, would you glorify God? Would you be willing to stand up in front of strangers, in front of enemies, in front of people who you know will rip you up one side and down the other? Young people, are you ready to go in school and get tore up by people who you want to fit in with, but once they know you're born again, you're sold out to God, they're going to just not want to hang out with you anymore? Some of you older people, are you worried about you know, maybe that crowd at work, that lunch table, that water cooler crowd? Are you, are you concerned with maybe there's going to be some people who uh, already think you're kind of weird anyway and then they're going to think you're even more weird? You're going to be all alone? You won't be alone. You won't be alone. You won't be alone. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, please. I feel like the praise team can come on. We're going to sing our way out of here.